welcome welcome to the spirit soul series and today i have a uh, I have a different guest it's not uh, supriya ji ji it's uh, it's an it's a, it's my it's my uncle uh, ramesh mavan and uh, like we both share this very common uh, i guess love for spirituality so i was like thinking you know it'd be a good idea if i can bring ramesh mavan onto the show to, to you know probably talk about some things about spirituality and you know what his views on various things are and stuff like that so uh so yeah welcome to the show ramesh mamun is the second time how is it like uh, uh you know <laughs> how, how how does it feel <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you very much siddharth i've been avidly following all your uh, podcast and uh, I, i actually i enjoy it because there are a lot of young people coming talking uh, also people like anil ankal and whom i've been really wanting to hear uh, you know and then your dad and his friends So uh, it's quite a good uh, collection as far as I'm concerned. I I enjoy listening to your podcast, and I have listened to Supriya Chaji also. Uh, mm. Of course, she seems to be very much deep, uh, but I am not a scholar or any such thing. Uh, but certainly, I have a point of view, sometimes very strong point of view, and so so maybe we will have a talk. But you must ask the questions because uh, I am not a preacher or any such kind of stuff. I want to ask you, ask you so like, yeah. have you um, so that is the first question I'd like to ask. Like, have you read the Bhagavad Gita, like uh, the full thing, or have you read it um, the whole thing at least once or something? Yes, um, I've not only done the read the Bhagavad Gita. I have got if you go to my channel and put thirty thirty important, you know, summary of the Bhagavad Gita, thirty important slogans, so, uh, slokas across the thing. I have translated it, and it is my own uh, translation. I didn't lift it from. any other interpretation so you have it there bhagavad gita certainly i it's a most important uh, hindu text but my only you know issue with the bhagavad gita everybody talks about it it is uh, it sometimes people miss out the context of the mahabharat mahabharat is a very important complex you know you can say Uh, uh, subject or uh, itihasa, as they call it, what happened is a—it's not history. I really do not know what this itihasa means. One has to explore to understand it. But sometimes I—I I have some at the same time some big doubts about it. Uh, uh, so maybe you can ask this next time to your Supriya Chichi. Yeah, yeah. Why is there this war? You know. Yeah. why should there be a brother fighting and killing and other things when hinduism actually talks about uh, uh, about ahimsa peace is never about violence. war okay and then mahabharat is uh, full of war gory details of war mm. and even ramayana is all about war so what is this war who are you killing are you really going and killing people mm. and i i have a theory on that my theory is that nobody is getting killed Oh, this is that's only an in, ah, nobody is getting killed. It's only an inner war between you and ah, yeah. your dark side. It, ah. it is between it is a within one guy. Hmm. So there is this Kauravas who are this dark forces within you, and Pandavas who are the good forces within you, and then there is the Pandavas are aligned to Krishna. That means you are listening to your. in a voice of your true self mm. and then you get all the answers of life mm. otherwise you know then krishna is saying okay now you go and you know kill all your uh, you know people who are you know usurpers that tendencies you must eliminate mm. 
don't feel any doubt they are anyway going to go something like that you know even the ramayana also if you ask me rama is within you ravana is within you everybody has got that ego everybody has got the goodness so this is a fight between mm. these two this thing so otherwise it doesn't make any sense so much of going yeah. death and what not but uh, i think they had to experience like that like that because people wouldn't understand it if you explain uh, like uh, if you tell them like it's a battle within your mind and all that i don't think people would be able to understand it so easily so you have to kind of explain it in a story format and then only people will get that idea that okay it's it it's like a battle within yourself it's not like you know you're trying to all the stuff that people are trying to talk about even the conversation that arjuna has with krishna also in the battlefield it's like a uh, it's it's more of arjuna trying to understand in his mind like you know how how do i like um, how do i how do i kill the people that are part of my family you know it doesn't make any sense like you know how do i how do i do this and and krishna is trying to tell him like trying to reason out with him trying to give him all kinds of tell him that you know it's your duty it's your dharma you were born as something like this and you have to be able to you know um accept that you know if if you don't if you walk away from what you are supposed to do then you will have to face the consequences of it you know and then he explains to him the whole idea of karma and the importance of it and that it's not you know and that this life that that you are living right now is linked to all kinds of past lives and the actions of that are affecting what is happening right now so i think like when you listen to all of that then you understand that i mean then obviously the ultimate truth that he tells arjuna is that you are not the body you are not the mind you know you are the soul and the soul is connected to you know the ultimate soul or the paramatma and uh, you know so you can't you know you can't be attached to these things of like you know the you know family or money or wealth and all these things you can't be attached to it. you have to fight you have to stand up for what is right and what is dharma and what is justice so you know until until he understands that fully like he's always in doubt about what he's supposed to do so once he understands i, I, I agree on yeah. one thing but my only yeah. main question is why say fight and kill yeah. instead of that you can say reform okay and uh, that that is what you know if you are your family you will go and say you reason out with them reform them something like that or you you know accept it they will change a little later this is what happens in real life you know mm. so here i have a feeling okay they have expressed all the theory of hinduism very well in bhagavad gita no doubt about that uh, actually the bhagavad gita uh, i started reading it very late in life much mm. later when i was a student when i was young my father's favorite story was ramayana mm. you know because very easy to understand you know the nice king good nice king uh, he was a uh, you know perfect yeah. person yeah. suddenly he was about to become king then one uh, mantra mantra you know, you know, you know, you know the, ramayana, they, yeah yeah i know the yeah i know the crooked lady yeah, crooked yeah. lady comes and says something and then he got banished you know so th- that was a easy to understand story mm. but at the end of it i used to ask my dad but why monkey who's a real, real hero of this <laughs> and at those days when i was small my dad in trivandrum i don't know whether your dad no your, your dad used to go to this temple i'm talking about mm. uh that uh, that basically uh, it's about uh, uh, it is a hanuman temple mm. in in trivandrum 
you know i don't know whether you've been to trivandrum mean, there's a palayam mm. one one area called palayam i've not been there remember. but yeah i yeah, i'm yeah. masavada so there is a church there, there are two churches there is a mosque and there is this hanuman temple it used to be and uh, this whole this was in the cantonment area of where the army was uh-huh. so my father used to tell me the story and the hanuman now the hanuman temple is very big there you know? mm. but i used to ask tell me why because next to it was a zoo and in the zoo there were all kinds of uh, you know monkeys and baboons and all those things so i used to ask my father i was a small kid at that time is this god hanuman <laughs> please explain to me actually my father couldn't explain you know and i was not such a small kid but i always had this thing in my mind you know what is this uh, why this monkey you know and not only that you have got all kinds of uh, we vehicles of god there's a mice there is a uh, there is a tiger uh, you know these kind of things then are they really that or what are they so these kind of things puzzled me throughout my life so with the result that i became wedded to science Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, I said that unless uh, there is some science in this, it doesn't make any then sense. Then it's yeah, yeah. Even so I was even even I was like that when I was young. Also, I was I also used to be like I used to ask these questions and I'd be like yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. And I didn't get into science, but I was like it doesn't it didn't make any sense though. So I was like more interested in other things when I was growing up. But then I guess that question comes when you are in like. you are like in such a low position in your life yeah, yeah. <laughs> suddenly like yeah, yeah. you have to you ask that question like okay then yeah okay you ask deeper question you have to become also. an arjuna to slowly start yeah <laughs> you have to become an arjuna yeah you start ask this question start, yeah. yeah so i think i think what one thing was interesting was that when i was speaking when i'm speaking to supriya chechi she said that um if if you have suddenly like picked up on spirituality like you know at this time it means that you know um in your past life you were also spiritually active and so it and but for some reason like you it didn't come up to you so fast now it's taking some time to come uh, to you after some time in your life so you know it's like that's how karma works essentially you know you, you pick it up you pick it up from where you left off in your previous life now i don't know it's very difficult to like prove that but then at the same time it makes a lot of sense like if you if you think yeah. about karma if you, if you think about karma it makes a lot of sense when you think about it in that way so i found that very interesting and so the, the and so yeah because i i i kind of want, i i understand karma and karma is like you know from you know it's it's not easy to understand but from what i have understood so far of it is like you know every action that you do like if you a human being can't do anything without action and action essentially is karma so the so it has to be the case that if there must have been a previous life otherwise how do you just suddenly get born into this earth and you are a certain way and you think a certain in a certain kind of way or something like that there has to be something there must have been some kind of action in the previous life to have given you this thing right so those things like you know those are still answers that is very difficult to prove but i you know is no other way but to like just believe in them even if science yeah. is not something that can I like agree. kind of I agree. So science has got limitations science has got early when i was small there used to be always atom neutron electron and all then there are millions of other particles smaller than the electron hmm. so science also is always discovering itself you know there are micro hmm. micro particles is coming in so it's not that science has got answer for everything but still some basic logic has to be there 
now i have i have resolved actually my hanuman question how <laughs> because yeah, i must tell you who is hanuman i i must give you a summary bhagavad gita is too complex to attend i, I like no, uh, I... before you start i'll tell you hanuman is like my favorite he's yes. like yeah, i have him i have, i bought a statue of hanuman and he's yeah. there in the room and he's the like um so he's the god that i keep thinking about and every day i keep uh, listening to the hanuman chalisa every day so he's like yeah. my favorite yeah so can't sankat you... mochan have you listened to sankat yeah mochan? yeah sankat mochan yeah yeah so i think it's very good in fact this my 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 question throughout my life has been about hanuman you know and i have also now understood and i'm now in comfort with the monkey like hanuman mm. opening his heart and seeing rama inside yeah so what is the yeah. meaning of it and he says always very he's a very powerful chap he is the most powerful one of the most yeah. powerful person in the ramayana he can fly he can do anything bravery and confidence and everything, courage everything he is action man of action but he won't act unless rama or somebody rama is uh, yeah of the correct power tells him to do okay so hanuman is a power of devotion within you now for mm. example now you have started your journey okay of your podcast podcasting or independent media person yeah. <laughs> okay it's great i don't know i really appreciate it you know because you have taken yeah. a lot of trouble because i have also it's not that easy to podcast you have to buy these things you have to learn i'm sure papa told me that you before you started all these things you were doing a lot of research and trying to understand how to tape and how to do this listen to so many things how to ask the questions so that devotion is hanuman at sometimes it is low small it sometimes it is big you know you then you spring into action and you do so that devotional power is the the biggest thing in ramayana and why is he biggest why has he has to kick into action because he is aligned to rama which means the goodness within you yeah okay rama is nothing but the goodness within you ravana is the dark forces within you the egoistic fellow within you so he goes and annihilate helps rama to annihilate and recover sita hmm. and who is sita sita is the faith inherent faith in your goodness within you so there is in in uh, in ramayana there is one chapter called sundarakanda so how i read it is when i read it it is about faith that is sita talking to devotion who is hanuman and it is if you just knock off sita and rama and put in its place faith talking to devotion and it is unbelievable let's do and then that, uh, now i have no issue because any anything i say i will that's why my this war on this bhagavad, bhagavad gita that way hmm. without the without the mahabharat context you can take the bhagavad gita no problem because it's telling you all what you said ah, is yeah. all correct that is a theory but still it is on the bedrock of a war what is this war and so that like you can this local so i have a problem with that you know because mm. i cannot accept it like that mm. but the other so one is no okay war in sri lanka was very sri lanka is also i don't think it is sri lanka or sinhalese people it is some story you know people i don't know how yeah, that but came then now ramayana has become a kind of a little bit controversial now in when it comes to uh, i mean in the sense like you know because nowadays i don't know why but then uh, it's like some people view it as like maybe a kind of you know i don't know like maybe like north versus south or something like that you know i don't know whether that because it's sort of you know it's 
you know it's kind of tainted that whole thing a bit and you know it's not just some kind of not nice like it's just didn't feel nice for a bit but yeah the story is nice and like you'll see a lot of people like especially like in sri lanka and all that saying yeah we are like they like they, they kind of own up to the whole ravana thing like you know we are yeah, the people like of ravana. ravana yeah but then i did some research on this and i found that ravana is actually a person born in north india he was born no, in north see, india no 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 they, i don't think that is not the issue ravan mm. was a yeah. very good talented guy mm. and he is not dark with a mustache like what ramanand shark sagar shows him in mm. ramayana it is not like that he is a very handsome chap very mm. attractive very talented and he is never if you read the i have read the valmiki ramayana inside out mm. and uh, it is not like that at all uh, you know and uh, he but what was his problem he mm. never used to accept ram so his wife say, says you know please mandodari says you please accept ram because there's something in him and don't mm. take his wife and keep keep her there you know and he couldn't possess sita also you know so mm. actually he was a and then many people advised him please don't vibhishan and all advised him you don't uh, usurp somebody's wife so mm. this fellow was a bad doer you know so and he was he was a born loser rama came in to finish him only, you know and with the help of hanuman and all these things yeah. then there are certain things in the in the ramayana which you cannot even accept yeah. i am basically trained for naval architecture okay yeah. you know also ships yeah. why do ships why do ships float because of that uh, the design on the bottom that keeps that gives that air in between the ship like that that part right i don't know what's called but it's called buoyancy buoyancy i mean yeah buoyancy, buoyancy. Yeah. i forgot the name of that yeah yeah, yeah buoyancy is a technical yeah. term which yeah. means it will float because there's an upward force of buoyancy it's buoyancy. a scientific principle yeah. so a stone can never float yeah. a stone can just cannot float yeah but it floats in okay. that but it says it's floating there and that but uh, then the story is that ram rama and his whole wanderers people they know they want to cross it go to lanka mm. and they are look, looking and suddenly they get an idea let us make a bridge mm. and they'll put some stones on the water and write rama on that mm. and then the the stone floats mm. and then they walk across so uh, because me with my scientific thing i can never accept it as truth then at the same time they say ramayana is truth it is itihasa it means this is the way it happened yeah. which means there was a time when rama and his people were searching for faith which is sita yeah. and wanting to go and recover it from lanka lanka is a fellow the bad fellow has taken away and gone your ego has uh, usurped your uh, faith Hmm. Okay, you become egoistic. So Rama is coming to recover it, and then they were in a in a situation like uh, Arjuna. They didn't know what to do, but you got to go there. So the story says the context is a despondent situation like Arjuna is facing, hmm. and then what the stone in your life? See, in, in in modern management thing, they'll say remove the stones in your shoe. Means if you have some. problems in your organization these are stones in your shoe you remove it because it will not help you walk uh-huh. similar concept you know there are these stones you but these stones can be removed if you chant ramara in one of your speeches one of your talk i think you said when you chant when you are meditating you chant the mantra yeah hari krishna 
Hare Krishna man uh, same oh. thing they are saying that chant ram 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 when you are in deep trouble and that's all then you will cross and you will go forward though uh, krishna gave the biggest complicated talk to arjuna uh, th- this is nothing <laughs> this is chant ram 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 then your stones will be removed you will go to your path but i think, I think uh, that I, is the only interpretation you know i can't accept that stone will float by saying yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean there are a lot of things if you if you go very deep into hinduism a lot of things will not make any sense and i have heard no, like no, lot no, of no no but, but with my interpretation it's making sense your uh, in, in life you have a problem you do not know whether you will go forward so you have got a lot of obstacles in your life you will just chant ram ram rama and then that's it till you will move forward things will work for you you must work you must try to build the bridge and move you i think it, yeah yeah i think yeah, like yeah. i think i think like when you listen to when you read when you listen to mahabharata or ramayana i think it it's up to you to decide like, or interpret like how it affects you in your life like because i think every person will have like a yes. different every person has like a different like ev- like i think like uh, one thing i found interesting is that if you listen to the mahabharata no, you'll find that every character in the mahabharata you've been every character in the mahabharata at least once in your life like you've been <laughs> you've been duryodhan at least once once yeah, you've been yeah. duryodhan at some point in life you've been that you've been arjun yeah. also but you've been bhima you've been all these different different characters in your life you've been some of the female characters also who acted yeah. like you know in some different ways and even in ramayana also that is the one thing i would say that's different ramayana because it doesn't have that many characters then mahabharat rama mahabharata has a little bit more characters but ramayana also like you kind of know that okay you've been like hanuman you've been like uh, uh, ram you've been like lakshman you've been like uh, sita or something you've been all these characters that's why you can relate to all these characters very easily and that's yeah. why when that's why when they do some things it may seem like a very illogical but then for some reason you can relate to them and because yes. you relate to them it's like okay it makes it it does make some sense to you because you it, because it relates to you and this is something that like you know i didn't understand you know long time back i didn't, I didn't understand completely but now i've i've learned to like accept it you know just accept yeah. it for what it is and not have to um, you know think too much about uh, maybe the illogical fallacies of uh, of certain aspects of it and all that stuff yeah No, now, for instance, Hanuman, back to Hanuman, you've got ah, also Hanuman, Hanuman yeah, yeah. Temple. <laughs> because... Hey, Kochin, hey, Kochin, there's a... Kochin, there's a... Kochin, there's a Hanuman yeah, Temple. Yeah, I've been yeah. with your dad there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But then, you see, you go and do a Vadamala, you know, mm-hmm. for instance. And now you go and do some specific puja for Hanuman. You know? Earlier, I used to have a lot of doubts. You know? <laughs> I used to think, you know, what, what is the meaning of all this thing? After I realized that actually it is your own devotion, you are trying to... trying to put hone hone yeah hone now because uh, balima is goes to every temple now i follow her no problem my questioning and all will be in my back you know but she will lead it she will do whatever she has to do you know so she i will go with her to any temple now i follow her and go and then i keep thinking and getting some answers myself you know? but as you rightly said if you can the younger generation of people like you and me who are too more scientific than maybe your mother and or the ladies maybe they're not that questioning you know we are very questioning and then we have been little bit logical thinking a little bit too much you know which is not necessary you know that is why you get attracted to bhagavad gita but still i had this big issue of this war you know what is this war and why are you asking to fight and yeah, kill your uncle and all that stuff you know you know 
I don't I wouldn't want you to like it's it's something that it's something it's it's taking something to an extreme like it's taking extreme. it to to an extreme point like where like most people like even if you think about it like mahabharat was composed by uh, sage vyasa no uh, yeah, in yeah. in probably like at a time when wars and uh, people yeah. fought wars and people like you know and maybe there must have been a situation there must have been a war where this kind of scenario must have taken place where you know it must have been very similar like where one family takes control of the kingdom from another family and then now with help of other people they have like amassed an army and they're fighting so it must have been an actually a true incident and he must have taken that that small thing and he must have like ex- you know uh, expanded it and made it into like some kind of god is coming here and you know trying to tell See, people this is mahabharat is dated 3000 bc mahabharat date and ramayana is nowadays they are saying it is 12000 bc ramayana, ramayana is before mahabharat ramayana was before much, mahabharat much much before yeah, yeah much, much before. before yeah because anuman anuman appears in uh, mahabharat no anuman is yes. in the mahabharat where uh, bhima's like uh, towards the end of mahabharat bhima walks he's in the forest and bhima just suddenly sees this monkey sitting over there and all that stuff and yeah, yeah yeah that episode is there no so then episode, yeah, yeah. so it's so it's much before that So so what I'm trying to say is that this this story has been in India since ages okay nobody questioned it but then came the conquest from the west india india got both by mainly British by the islamic religion colonialism the, yeah no before the colonialism because the muslims came ha they are the, the first muguls, people but they only the came muguls, to north india moguls and all they only came to north india they didn't come to south india much and uh, in the north india they came they conquered them but they never questioned uh, much what they just just uh, you know maybe just as annihilated because they didn't uh, they said calf figure and then killed all the and demolished all the temples you know they didn't try to convert you know? but the colonialists were not like that colonialists had a uh, historic historical religion that the the world started just when jesus was born or something like that you know in seven days he created they have a story to defend you know and they said this is true while well, we have got monkey and all untrue stories and i think we couldn't defend it and uh, the, the colonial people came during the scientific era you know and we couldn't defend it what is the story about you know so now you and me are discussing this saying that okay this is an allegorical story and this means like this and when it says it means it is forever it lasted we are t- we are telling a different narrative uh-huh. and now lot of actually western people are also accepting it you know okay this could be true there is a hidden meaning in these things there is a hidden narrative these characters can be within you the world is now become ripe to understand these things but it has been written by great sages many years back you know so we are all part of this because my i don't think my father's generation ever asked this question never asked this question and you and me now you are talking about all these things. i think and what well, feeling that uh, that ramayana I, if you question ramayana yeah. you the uh, heaven will fall on your head yeah. you don't i think what, what you said what you said about technology is very important because technology actually in a weird way has actually helped people to come back to the maybe the teachings of the ramayana mahabharata in some ways because yes. i think it's become the access of these stories are so widespread that like for instance like you can see now people in america or western countries just like easily accepting that whatever is said in the mahabharat whatever is said in like the ramayana the ramayana 
is true and is and you know they can in some way they don't they don't have this barrier that sometimes we create you know we kind of think that we assume that you know that these characters were you know came from our region of the, our part of the world and you know they don't have that barrier they don't even see that they just see they look at the stories and they think of it as being so fantastic and they see themselves as the the characters also so it's like it's you know when you see that you have a totally different picture of what the mahabharat ramayan actually is there because it's not about which region you come from which language you speak uh, you know how you look or whatever it's about just you know that human connection that, that when you, even when you read the mahabharat then you get an understanding that okay he's not talking about just indians the krishna just talk, not yeah. talking about only indians or only hindus he's referring to the whole world like he's referring to all human beings you know but that you won't get because if you are an indian and you're a hindu no then you'll only think he's talking about the indian yeah. and hindu you know you don't think he's talking about anybody else and, and then think all the monkeys are from south india south india <laughs> because tropical <laughs> and uh, all the what demons with the mustache and all are ah. from tamil nadu <laughs> sri lanka wherever <laughs> so this is all this is also i don't think in the original ramayana he has painted any such picture like that this picture was all done by some artist so that I is think how it became very yeah, political I, yeah i think it's become over the years like a kind of uh, justification you know for the north indian culture parties and you know political parties and all that stuff to kind of say that you know um, how great they are how like you know everything sprung from it i mean you can't deny the fact that most of hindus like all of hinduism it came from there it came from the north hinduism not buddhism not all, I mean, most of it most of it no yeah. no 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 not true not true at all yeah because now in tamil nadu i don't know how much you are aware of ah. there are many many sites they have uncovered recently ah, recently yeah, yeah. at least ah, they are all from bc 3000 bc as much as when the uh, when the uh, the uh, what is that indus valley civilization go there was a civilization also in the south so it is not that south was all full of monkeys and other things that's not so true. does does that put that does it put put to bed that notion of that aryan versus dravidian sort of thing that see this aryan thing is a colonial construct it was done because the western fellows when they came to rule india they said that hinduism was bought by the aryan now that aryan theory is completely discredited it doesn't say and this dravidian as a different thing it is shankaracharya who first used the word dravidian because he went for an argument in banaras with uh, with uh, the buddhist mandana okay. mishra or something mandana mishra mandana mishra uma bharti or something yeah and then you know what he did he he said who are you they asked him he said that i am from the three uh, where, where the land of the three sides see dravida dravida means there are sea three seas the three sides there is sea south india southern mm-hmm. peninsula india i am from there he went to north india to have a this thing and he defeated all of them in the in the this thing shankaracharya's time so that is the first time a word dravidian is there then what happened the british tried to use this and wedge a divide between the north and the south and all those things then of course there was it became too complicated and now the in tamil nadu what is a dravidian party it's all based on this divisive politics that's why modi is never gets a vote here but yeah so that's the like you know that's a political political part of it you know so yeah. you can diverse a political part of it yeah that's a, so the thing is like that i think now people are going to the other extreme like 
especially maybe i don't know in tamil nadu or something where people are trying to say that you know our culture is also 3200 years old and it's also very old and no, no, there's, no there's no need to there's no need to like yeah, there's no need there's no you see here the biggest uh, uh, this thing i have also i want to translate it tirukkural hmm. there is one one poet called tirukkural hmm. they accept him as saying that he is a true tamil culture and very good aphorisms he has got and he is very ancient very very ancient but if you look at it it is absolutely consistent with all the every other vedic thing he is not saying anything new he is saying exactly the same thing but very practical stuff so which means the root of the tamil culture for that matter i am now convinced after living in tamil nadu for a long time that tamil and the malayalam based culture is the same ah yeah that is yeah right but we had some sanskrit connection little later maybe people came from uh, karnataka or maharashtra hindu and migrated here so we got some mix but otherwise so I, i actually did some research on this and i found that people when this tamil language right is supposed to be the oldest language in the world correct and that correct. language it it orig- but people say that the that it originated somewhere in the southwestern part of iran and from there the people went down and as they went down the first language to separate and form its own separate language from tamil was telugu then went kannada and it is and for a long time the malayali and the tamilian people spoke the same language which was basically tamil only then malayalam was the last south was the was the last of the languages to separate from tamil and form its own distinct language and all stuff and then kerala had its own history where people from the arab world and all that kept coming in and there were a lot of mixed people then the arab words started getting infused there's mixture of arab words portuguese words spanish words hebrew uh, um all you know all kinds of words are that mixed in malayalam itself so it's now become very distinct from tamil but tamil is probably the oldest language that has a you know that sort of like maintained its authenticity from that time till now I agree I agree logic stand yeah I'm, I'm sure that is that is the truth but it is not a different culture or anything like that it is mm. not a different because there is this kamba ramayana i don't know whether you have heard about kamba the versions of kamba 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 like in kerala there is another adhyatma ramayana elthachan has written another ramayana there are so many ramayanas you know valmiki ramayana is original so in kamba ramayana it is so eloquently written and all this they didn't differentiate whether it's south or north or nothing like that it is not aryan nothing nothing it is much before the british came mm. kambaramayana is eloquent very only thing is where they show sometimes rama in slightly bad light you know they will slightly you know because there are some things in the ramayana some very difficult to uh, like everybody says how did uh, rama banish sita this is one big uh, problem how did he hide and kill vali some there are some uh, incongruities like we have yeah. in mahabharat yeah. you know same thing is there in ramayana also that these people slightly because they found is a little difficult to accept it there are a lot Such of loopholes yeah a lot of loopholes are there and uh... yeah now the now the question is are they loopholes or are they actually some something else which is a fact hmm. because these people can't be saying this is a truth this is what happened maybe there's a underlying depth of another level of story which we don't know is yet to be uncovered it will come but, i'm sure but now there are so many people interpreting all these things you know 
there is one girl recently written a book maybe i'll strongly recommend you have a look at it mahabharat unravel one lady called ami she is also in youtube ami ganantra something like that you know she's she's got a young uh, she's an mba and uh, highly educated like us she knows sanskrit and i think she's got some point of view you know and she's bringing out a very nice you know mahabharat if you're interested she also talks about bhagavad gita so there are many such people thinking young young generation who are like us modern confused <laughs> and uh, uh, and living you know so I my take I... on finally you know this i have resolved my all these issues i have resolved it actually i have no problem with anuman or any war or anything is okay but my issue is what do you do with this knowledge of spirituality like you have to take what is important mostly for you and keep it otherwise you have to, and what are the things that are not that you feel like is like not important to you you'll have to you can't take it in a sense in that sense i feel like uh, for instance like if you if if you understand like what is uh, if you take the story of ram if you take the story of ramayana for example the story is about this prince from ayodhya um you know initially the background of the ramayana is like the demons were like you know uh, harassing the sages they were disturbing order in the world and the sages prayed uh, to vishnu saying that you know we need your help and so then rama came as the incarnation as vishnu and then uh, you know he was born in ayodhya and he grew up there and you know he did all these things so one thing you can learn from that the first thing you can learn from that is okay you know whenever something bad happens you should always like you know stand up for stand up against it you know that you stand up against bad things happening that's very important then you know like when you know sita gets kidnapped you know stand up for the weak or you know stand up for the people that can't fight or they can't do things like that you know doesn't come easily to them you know then you know like you know and then also like you know for you are if you are then another thing is like you know ram being the prince of ayodhya and stuff he is also like the incarnation of vishnu but he still needs help he needs an army of monkeys to help him defeat ravan he still needs help from people around him that is also very important you still need help no matter how powerful you are you still need help from the people around you you still need you know so your ego your ego has to always remain in check all the time so those that is something that is very important that you need to learn then you know like uh, i i mean those are the basic things that you can learn and also the fact is that one one important thing that ramayana does i think better than mahabharat is like give this message of like that for me personally I've, like you know that animals are very important like you know the help that ram gets from monkeys from bears from all these things they like animals are very important also they they also helped fight the evil you know in that sense you know they were not like some you know the bystanders and you know like you see the like jatayu and all stuff he's like you know he's fought against ravan you see all the animals on you know also part of the whole thing you know so i think that is something like you know so those things you can take from the ramayana and be like okay this is all good but you know things like what we mentioned about you know maybe like the the you know the stone or the bridge or the significance of that that is like up to you to decide like you know whether you want to believe in that or not or no, it's fine but i think the main message is i think you can take like what i just said and similarly in the mahabharat also many aspects of it that also that you can say you know that uh, for instance like brotherhood family uh, you know 
like for instance yudhishthira's like role in the in the case of being like you know despite all negative things happening in uh, for the pandavas yudhishthira continued to maintain the righteousness and you can call that naivety also but if you think about it it's because of that is the reason why the pandavas never like you know they every time they were stuck they always found a solution they were never like they always had the upper hand because yudhishthira was like the lead he was the brains he was the person that kept everybody calm when everything was else was going completely haywire you know like you know people always attribute the the geeta to arjuna when they say that arjuna was got the teaching or whatever but you know the pandavas are nothing without yudhishthira yudhishthira is nothing about the nothing the pandavas are nothing about without him so it's important to like maintain that sense of calmness in times of you know when everybody is like you know telling you this stuff that you know like what are you doing like you know how can you just take it like this you know bhima's like i'm the strongest person in the world i'll defeat all these people very fast like you know why, why are you waiting for all this now so then you just like we can't do that and so they kind of assert this thing that you know why is he thinking like a brahmin when he's a kshatriya for instance you know what is this thing like you know he's a kshatriya he's supposed to fight so then but he, because he's the son of uh, dharma and all that stuff he can't do that you know so i mean they, these things they, these are things that you know they're very important and i guess those things of like like uh, you know like fighting for justice fighting for what is right and you know then i think one of the biggest things in the mahabharat that which may, most of the mahabharat the essential thing comes from the gita the gita teaches you the essential thing which is that no no know, but there is another deadly uh, you know in shanti parva there is a talk between yudhishthira and bishma ha huh. it is one that leads about leadership oh i, I know about that ah, i know about that the thing is the problem is because this is the nice in bhagavad gita has become the only thing there are so many there are at least five gitas within the mahabharat if you go into that that is why i said the zami she has actually put all these things there in that book you know what all are the Then, then there is the yaksha prashna or something where yudhishthira has asked some questions you know in a in a pond all amazing stuff you know but i i agree with you it is for us to derive from it the lessons because in india and accept certain things it is not my way or the highway approach i think hinduism doesn't talk about that yeah yeah that is why you know like for example somebody was telling so the other day that uh, you know shiva is sitting on with ganesha on his lap hmm. and shiva's snake is there on his neck and uh, on uh, ganesha there's a mice <laughs> okay <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> will they remain like peaceful <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's true huh? <laughs> how do you remain peaceful if you're on top of a mice like it's so difficult <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but that is hinduism yeah and that's a god you know yeah so gods through their gods you know the snake is also in living in harmony with the mice also the i thing. think also one 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 thing is like i think the person who wrote all this was like probably a very good comedian because he understood like you know the humor and everything yeah, like you know they are all extra yeah. i think they are aliens you know they are some not normal <laughs> people you cannot think about such things not only comedy so many things you know but with the result india is one country it's only you know i don't think india was a violent country at all we went we sailed the oceans we went to cambodia we went to indonesia we went everywhere 
I don't think we went and converted. We just told these stories. People liked it. They adapted it themselves. We were the most peaceful country. Till these people with the desert thinkers, we are forest dwellers, you know. Hinduism came from the forest. As somebody was explaining the difference between Western thinking, most of these Western, uh, you know, culture came from the deserts. So they were scarcity driven. While we were plenty driven, we are all in snake and the mice, we are in peace with ourselves. So there's enough for everybody, you know. But though they come from a place where there's not enough for people. So they want to plunder and kill. So there's a fundamental difference between the makeup of these West Western people and us. And Western and Eastern. Yeah, Western and Eastern, because the whole of East is influenced by India. Then Buddhism came later. China was also, I don't know whether you are aware, there is this, I forget his name, he was a Pallava king who established the Shaolin temple, Kung Fu, the Kung Fu temple. Uh, Bodhidharma. Uh, no. Bodhidharma, uh, correct. Bodhidharma, Bodhidharma. Okay. you're right. Yeah, he's a Pallava, Pallava prince who went and taught the Chinese the art of Kung Fu or whatever the, the I think in India, South it is called Kalari or Silambam. There is another another art Tamil here Nadu Silambam. Silambam, yeah. Silambam, but more or less same. But it was this guy who went to China. So China accepted Indians. That is why they say that when Ziping uh, uh, came here, he wanted to have it in uh, Mahabalipuram because of that connection. He also knows about oh. But there's this one is very. But there's one very interesting story with Bodhidharma. I don't know whether it's with Bodhidharma because many sages went from South India and went to other parts of the uh, other parts of the world in in Asia and all that to to kind of talk about this, you know. So one of I don't know if it was Bodhidharma, one of the sages, but they went to China, and um, there was this very famous general in China. I, I don't remember his name, but like he saw he heard that this this uh, brilliant sage from India was coming and um, he asked him, you know, I want to be a student and asked him. And so the sage from India said, you know, like, uh, I am not going to accept you because, you know, look at you, you are just like a general, you want to, you know, you want to kill everybody and all that stuff, you know, you are just a violent person. And, you know, let just get out of that. Let me go and uh, meditate in peace. This is what the Indian sage told this Chinese guy. So the Chinese guy, you know, was very adamant. He didn't want to give up. So he just like, you know, for 10, like for 10 years, he would like, you know, uh, he would just uh, continuously ask the sage, you know, somehow you try, but the sage always rejected him. So I don't know what the story goes, but then one day, like the sage, the sage said, if you want to, if you want me to accept your student, show me how loyal and uh, disciplined you are cut your hand and then uh, tell me if they cut your hand and uh, show me that you can that you'll be my student the first order is to cut your hand and this guy cuts his hand and ever since that point that general i think became one of the most greatest uh, sages in china he i don't know forgot his name but he became one of the greatest sages in china uh, studied under this indian uh, master and stuff and he's the reason why all Chinese, uh, they put this one hand because he one hand was cut. So, so he has, story. yeah, there's that story also. I don't know, but I had heard this from one of Sadhguru's uh, uh, talks, I guess. So he had talked about this. So uh, it was very interesting, like, you know, the fact like how much of influence has gone to East Asia and Southeast Asia when it comes to this kind of stuff. Is, even like the whole, the fact that, you know, in Korea and all, they believe that all the Koreans, 
with the name Kim, no? The, mm. There are some Koreans that have the word name Kim. So there's yeah, this thing like, <laughs> yeah. So all of the, uh, so what happened was there was a long time ago, there was this, uh, uh, what do you say? The I think there was this princess from um, India. Okay, one Ayodhya princess or something like that. She was sent as a like a sort of marriage this thing to Korean to a Korean man, a king or something like that. And she was called Kim and her child was called Kim. So the thing is like a lot of Koreans attribute that name to like Ayodhya. So they kind of like, you know, what do you say, have this connection, you know. So even now if you see a lot of Korean people they like, you know, they pay they pay like a lot of respect to you know like that tradition that princess coming from that kingdom in ayodhya and all that stuff that that is there and then even in japan also there was like some other sage very famous sage from japan for, again from south india only i think he went to japan and then he found his way there and he he spread um, he spread i think he spread like what is considered today like you know japanese version of let's say hinduism which is shintoism Japan has that uh, Japan has Shintoism, right? So there, the surprising about Shintoism is that they have Lakshmi, Ganesh, and uh, Lakshmi and Ganesh is there, but their names are different. But they, that's what they are: the Ganesh, the, the elephant, and this thing, that statue. But their names are different, and a lot of Japanese who practice Shintoism don't realize that, and they're all using the Siddhi script, which was introduced by Indians. So they don't real a lot of Japanese people who practice Shintoism don't understand that all of this came from India, and uh, they continue practicing it without realizing that this came from India. And this, there are monks in the temples, Shinto temples, that continuously like you know uh, say these verses and recite mantras that come from the Siddhi script. So there was a documentary that got released, and they were talking about this, and a lot of people. They ask somebody there, you know, do you realize that this is all actually coming from, you know, came from India? And I was like, yeah. They, now people have understood that, you know, yeah, this is all come from there. But for a lot parts of East and Southeast Asia, the practice of spirituality was because ja- Japanese people think that it came from China. Everything from Japan came from China. Even Buddhism also came from China. But where did Buddhism come from before that? Came from India. But actually, from it came from Tibet. It didn't come from India actually. For the Chinese Han people, it came first to Tibet and then it came to China. So Tibet was the first, say, like country or the group. Tibetans were the first group of people that learned Buddhism from Indians. You know, and then you have learned a lot. You have studied a lot about this. I have yeah, no yeah. idea. Uh, yeah. I have never given much thought to this. You seem to have done a lot of research. Yeah, this. I have done a lot of research. I have spent a lot of time, th- like, uh, doing a lot of things, like reading on this or like listening to these kind of things because i found quite fascinating like there are these uh, you know there's uh, like east and southeast asia is very fascinating because even in southeast asia, South, southeast asia if you think about it, there's this uh, angkor war i don't know if you heard about this uh, yeah, yeah. place in cambodia, Ang- cambodia. it's the war. biggest hindu temple in the world the biggest it's bigger than all the temples. It's the biggest Hindu temple even in Indians. Like, there's no tem- Hindu temple that compares to that one. But then, how did that happen? Like, you know, the fact that, you know, Hindu, when people, when, especially during the Chola dynasty period, when the, the Chola empire was there, people set sail and went to all these Southeast Asian countries, con- like, you know, conquered them. And, you know, maybe they also got interested in Hinduism and then started practicing it and stuff. They had names like, 
you know sanjaya and all these they have all these names like that in you know southeast asia and uh, you know in cambodia they built that big temple over there and for at least a, at least for a solid like 500 to 1000 years they were doing that then obviously islam came and changed the entire picture of the, 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 the landscape in that place huh? but even now also if you think about it like southeast asia the name singapore comes from singa singa which is that the lion the lion no that singam that because right, they have right. the lion is that uh, sort of this thing so i mean there's a lot of influence but then you know in india the unfortunate thing is nobody has done a lot of research on this nobody like everybody looks no, no, too much I, for the west my, my my theory is very simple we are not able to answer who is hanuman with ha. a lot of confidence <laughs> Yeah. Because I'll say you you are worshiping him. I believe Karl Marx once asked him, "What do you think about uh, uh, Karl Marx?" But because in India there was a very good social system, mm. and uh, and then uh, the people asked in India seem to be the, there are kings there. There's a lot of wealth there. India was one of the richest countries. Mm. Uh, then he said, "Yeah, India something seems to be correct in India, but the problem is they worship a monkey and an elephant and animals." so they have to be reformed uh, saved oh marx okay. karl marx and that is uh, that is why all the leftists are anti hindu mm. leftist fellows they won't accept karl marx said this this is the quote of karl marx what karl marx said about hinduism uh, he he understood the indian economic system was very good but he said they were worshiping some animals that's what so they that's have what to happens refined that's what happens when refined. you yeah that's what happens when you don't understand the culture of a society and then you speak only by just looking at the easiest thing which Their is lens. like yeah the, but the we best. should answer it back if i say hanuman stands for the devotional power in you which is monkey like it will jump today you will be interested in something tomorrow you will be interested in something but you should be interested in your divine true self that is hanuman you go there put a vadamala and try to hone your skin on devotion mm-hmm. tell this to a white man they will love you for that you know how oh, really because i remember many years back i i was meeting with one british chap in some one of these uh, at dnv used to go and hobnobble mm. with that so he came and said you know okay hindu and all. i was in malaysia you know there these fellows come i was talking about that uh, ceremony on which they poke poke that uh, uh, you know that spear through the this thing uh, it is called taipusam in mm. uh, i don't know there is a murugan temple in sri lanka in uh, Yeah, Malaysia. Uh, Malaysia. Malaysia, Malaysia. Uh, uh. So then I listened to him and all and said, "Yeah, this is common because that is because these devotees are trying to satisfy the Lord of Courage. The Lord of Courage is Kartikeya, and they have to inflict them on wounds and surpass the wounds to have courage. That they they don't they don't fear pain. They go beyond pain. That is why they they pierce this." because they get into a this thing to he was stunned for 2 minutes then after some time you know he went somewhere else so then he came back and said but nobody told me that this god uh, stands for the god of courage i said yes you please go now you go and look at everything and because he was reading some he was trying to do some indology studies you know on muruga you know i said muruga stands for because there's nothing if you want to go to palani you have to climb some bloody 100 steps you know this is not for the faint hearted fellow you have to be a strong or guy you have to be shabrimala or shabrimala he is he is also shabrimala is also similar similar you know uh. similar to murugan you know he is about courage so 
when i explained that actually that guy i'm sure he must have gone and he already done a lot of studies but that is because we are not defending our uh, our stories in their idiom instead of I that think, we will yeah but if we waste because our these, time if we waste our time defending every single thing no 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 we don't have to that that is true that is true we should It'll not take a long that. time like for us for them to understand like no no they will say pushpaka oh. vimanam came there we were flying where is the evidence of it there's no evidence hmm. maybe there was no pushpaka vimanam which could fly you know it hmm. is just an, we, I, i don't know we don't know nobody has seen a pushpaka vimanam which can fly hmm. uh, or there is the vimanam they can fly I, we don't know or there is mind travel we don't we, no no theory no proof Mm. so but, you can't keep on defending every stupid thing also i agree with you because a lot yeah. of these bjp uh, fellows are doing that they're saying oh no no india discovered this many years back and all those things without any proof then you'll become ridiculed yeah so this is a big problem of defending defending mm. recently there was one i don't know whether you are aware of it there was recently one uh, this thing of uh, what is it de- de- demolishing a Uh, demolishing the hindutva something like that in the us ah the demolish or the uh, uh yeah i know what you're talking about there was this uh, movement or something no that the uh, conference mean, some seminar hindutva, demolishing hindutva conference or something like that global hindutva or something ah, like that global yeah ah. so many people came against it you know and finally you know they didn't uh, i don't know what happened really but now Indi- uh, indians are not taking back i read many third generation american people you know saying this is not acceptable so indians have started standing up which is my opinion is good because but first we have to have a good appreciation of our own culture hmm. which we don't but like if you think if you think about it like you know uh, let's come back to like uh, spirituality <laughs> i think we will uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we went into mythology <laughs> we mythology and all that stuff we talked about all kinds of things but like um, so like we were talking about hanuman and you were saying that um you know that your faith in hanuman was restored after a point and like um, so one thing that you know i have always wondered is like this like you know praying to a god no like we have multiple gods now if you listen to the the geeta if you listen to geeta um they they will say that you know that um to pray you supposed to pray only to krishna and if you listen to like uh, you know like i asked this question to um, you know uh, supriya chechi and she said that you know it's it's fine you can pray to any god because it's about you first trying to relate to that person they, to get to a sort of a state where you can uh, um, you know you have to feel comfortable in it in the first place so it's fine even if you don't pray to krishna or if you don't pray to say Uh, the ultimate supreme being he's supposed to be the supreme being it's fine if you pray to hanuman it's fine if you think ganesha is like the is the god for you it's fine if you think you know even ayappa is the god for you or murugan is the god for you or shiva is the god for you whoever it is because in the end like you are supposed that is your you know you are there's a natural like bonding that's formed between you and this god and that you should never try to get rid of because the, so you know just because you pray to god uh, uh, because there's this one pa- uh, part in the gita where krishna says that if you if you pray to all the other demigods it's like you you will you will get liberation but you'll only get to heaven like you know you'll get to like swargaloka or something like that you'll get to heaven you'll get to heaven you'll enjoy all the things 
but you won't get to like vaikuntha which is like the ultimate place that i come because uh, if you think of me constantly then you'll get to that place so you know in that sense like but then so this thing was always like i had a doubt like you know this with this idea like you know so in that case like we have all these which god are we supposed to actually pray even if like i i like hanuman a lot am i still supposed to am i supposed to abandon that and pray to krishna so uh, so she said uh, no that's not how it is uh, like you know if you are like if you have a deep connection with hanuman then you should pray to hanuman itself and uh, you know uh, don't worry about uh, anything else and all stuff which it's kind of made me like feel a bit better <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> if i can like no 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 very good question actually a very deep question what you're saying is a very deep uh-huh. thing actually you studied management right mm-hmm. you have studied the concept management by objectives uh yeah MBA, but i forgot MBA. i forgot about this yeah, <laughs> basically basically a company will set some goals yeah, yeah. okay i want profit i want customer satisfaction i want market share various things you put okay then you work towards that one goal it's the same concept i want courage i will go to murugan i want intelligence i want to remove all obstacles in my this thing i go to ganesha i want devotion to so that i stay steadfast in my course and go to hanuman so you go for that and that that particular point of or you want wealth then you will go to lakshmi god is lakshmi ah, yeah. or you want learning you will go and pray to saraswati so you have got enough options to go and focus your uh, this thing that's all but at the uh, at the overall thing you have to be at the biggest level highest level which is krishna or shiva you think she was also equally important she was uh, i i don't know like uh, some people say he is the equivalent of vishnu but uh, i don't know some people also say that he worships vishnu so what do you no. think about that that idea like i don't know see it is very simple hmm. now shiva is the god of regeneration hmm. regeneration means that you had some blemish let us say you have eliminated that and then you have surpassed it so you are a new person for that to destroy that whatever your this thing was you need shiva shiva will come because shiva will come and really finish finish that whatever blemish you have you know that dark side you have shiva or devi and all these people there's a that's how this concept works you know they will come and help you to annihilate it then you will regenerate yourself so he is a god of regeneration while sustenance is the vishnu vishnu he will sustain he'll sustain your goodness and uh, he will also do some you know he will also help you to overcome all the duryodhana type of characters all <laughs> within you you know so these are all in a contextually it, it is relevant you know but finally what i said the most important thing was what i mentioned in my last this thing where uh, uh, shankaracharya said that please give me a vision of you so that i can see you in every other human being jagannath ashtagam because everybody is different so if that is the highest that you know that you will see the divinity in everybody whether they are hindu uh, animal anything uh, you know christian muslim nothing so that is the ultimate thing but to reach that path you will have certain goals so you want right now whatever you be your goal hanuman hanuman is always a universal god because it's about devotion you have to be devoted to have some material advantages and at some point of time you want to just sing bhajan and be there 
they are also hanuman is hanuman is also the you know he'll sing bhajan sing there so you, hanuman is a universal god so that is how i have now no problem with hanuman <laughs> but in fact i love hmm. <laughs> because the thing is hanuman is probably the most like uh, he doesn't care actually you know what people say like you know, that yeah. that is something that i kind of like about uh, hanuman in the sense he's very childlike and he's like you know he doesn't give up, like you know whoever whoever's coming like you know he's like oh should i i should i pick up the mountain the himalayas and and bring it back i'll do that fine i'll go there like and then you know he's like he goes to that kingdom and then he's like yeah. he plays around with everybody there he tells yeah. you know people there raven tells him you know who do you think you uh, you are and all like i'll show you and he takes he like he's yeah. like a joker basically he's like a comedian yeah. actually you know he goes back or goes outside and then he just like lets yeah, yeah. everything on fire and he can actually defeat raven if he wants and he can defeat him if he wants but he but he understands that it's not his dharma to do it it's ram's dharma it's ram's dharma to do it which is also quite fascinating it's like the idea that if something is not meant for you even if you can uh, do it like you know you should always be like willing to accept that you know it's not your place to do it like for instance like uh, you know like somebody who's worked for let's say 20 30 years uh, you know like you for example versus somebody who's worked for let's say like maybe 5 to 10 years only who has a limited amount of experience on something right uh, comparatively i'm saying to comparatively now that in that certain that kind of situation like you know maybe the guy who's 5 to 10 years also can handle the same amount of work that you are doing but you have but because you have worked for for a long time you deserve that kind of uh, that that particular job you deserve that kind of uh, work and because you earned it you earned that because you worked for so long you earned this kind of work so i think in that sense like you know it's that also some something that you can learn from that which is that you know it's trying to tell you that you know you should understand like what is your place like you know you i mean everybody can sweep the everybody can like you know if if you were given the job to sit in a desk and told okay these are things you do i'm sure a lot of people be able to do that job a lot of people a lot of people could like pick up the job and do it but why do why is it only some people are getting it why is it that only some people get a specific type of job that pays well which you can sit in a company and you know you can very good amount of money and all that why is it that because they worked hard for it they they won that sort of they won that place and that is why they are in that position like you know like you know just because you do it just because you can do it, that doesn't mean that you have to do it you know so i think that's also a thing like you know hanuman could do the same thing that uh, ram did but he didn't want like it's not his dharma it's not in him, it's not his dharma to do it like you it's see, not his that, uh, what you are saying okay hanuman you can relate to that maybe but it is about being contented with what content with what you have yeah. because you can keep on aspiring feel uh, miserable about it, you know so we may not get that so you have to be, learn to be contented which is a fundamental principles of uh, i don't know whether bhagavad gita some somewhere it says be contented because that is what in bajagovinda one of the main lines is that be contented with what you want try to live with what you want don't aspire for unnecessary things and be discomfort be unhappy that is the crux of the bajagovinda and then they say say uh, worship krishna don't do on grammar so i think that bajagovinda you i have got the full translation in my channel or the full thing uh, and uh, it's a very simple thing very important thing 
because at the end of the day you must be contented also you can be somebody else you you are not somebody else we have to be with your unique self this is very important because at the end of the day what is it that you are seeking is it for me i okay now i have nothing okay now i want my software to be great you know all that stuff but i'm not really that bothered but okay since i've spent 7 years trying to build one i don't want it to be a flop so and now you hear about some fresh works got 12 billion valuation okay one fine two minutes i'll think are why i can't be fresh works then i'll think i am not going to be fresh works for sure so it's fine with me, you know but i i my software somebody when i started my software all i wanted was somebody so oh, this is a great software why nobody thought about it before mm. that's all i started off when i started off i only wanted a few people who will use this say this is a smart piece of software and we spent a lot of effort and time on it that's all i wanted but then you suddenly get on the way you become a little greedy <laughs> you mm. become a little unrealistic then you have your problems one thing we didn't one thing we didn't uh, speak about which i want to get your opinion on is prakriti uh, which is the material nature of uh, the world basically like uh, what what is your theory mm. you see basically what i understood i don't know much but i will tell you what i understood mm. there are three modes there is this tamas rajasik and satvik mm. i think i'm sure krishupriya ji will give you a better yeah. explanation <laughs> of that <laughs> but basically basically this is there in all of us some day you will get up you will be struck by tamas which means laziness indolence some day you will be very peaceful happy and calm and contented some day you will be very aggressive mm. rajasik okay this is there in everybody in various shades now what they say for your spiritual development the satvik mentality is very good but suppose i am in business in my current job you are a soldier what is expected is not a peaceful philosopher you have to go and act climb this thing you have to be a commando or whatever i was listening to uh anil yeah, ankur yeah. who was a commando actually he never mentioned that i was really surprised because i used to admire him for having been in the selected to be a commando yeah, <laughs> at yeah. that time because very few people get selected as a commando but he didn't never even mention that as a high yeah. point in his career so <laughs> those days those days i know to be selected to be a commando whatever that something it was called uh-huh. was not easy very few people in the army get selected you know to be that you know and then he quit all that he had to get presidents this thing but he never mentioned a word of it he never thought it was great mm. <laughs> while all of us had a great regard for anil ankur because of that uh, that commando uh, selection mm. he got but this uh-huh. this very people you know uh-huh. so, i'm trying to say is that this changes along but these basic modes are there that also changes along your life when i was you know ship surveyor i used to be very you know physically fit your papa was you know now all of us have become little old little laid back it doesn't matter much you know all of us have changed so that happens you know we slowly started forgetting things so that aging will take place but prakriti it's a little bit of a philosophical stuff Uh, which is scientific and all but actually it doesn't nothing in the life except that uh, you know you should know your mood yeah. be happy be happy that's all i don't think uh, i never gave too much of importance to all these uh, you know theory of hinduism which is that in the bhagavad gita is full of that you know, also for those people who want to know that but, but i don't uh, know yeah. whether it's really very important i don't know i never found any use 
<laughs> I think <laughs> I feel like a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people say that like you know understanding the material nature is then understanding the spirituality I think like if you understand that the material nature exists then you'll understand what spirituality is because material materialism is what I mean you need materialism otherwise you can't survive uh, which I think the point we already made by now you need materialism in this world which otherwise you can't survive you know and you can't just survive purely on spirituality it's that's a that's a that's a given you can't like meditate in front of a for, in a forest for like uh, you know like days and days because you'll die after a point you know you need food and how do you, and you know so the thing is you need materialism you need like, you need you do need that but then you need that in balance and the striking that balance is very important like you know and to figure out like how and and also like because the problem is that in today's world a lot of people like they're so wealthy but then they don't understand like you know they have no idea what to do with the wealth like you got bill gates and you got all these famous you know rich people in the world and all that stuff but they have no idea about how to like i mean not like they don't have any idea but then it's like do you need that much of wealth is you know in this world you know when you don't have that kind of um that spiritual background or that foundation or something it becomes very difficult to kind of uh, so that's the basic thing yeah then yeah that's it is but, but, but there was another question i think i heard from you huh? what is the role of free will or something but i didn't fully free catch will. the answer so you huh? were asking this question to supriya chechi about huh? free will huh? what was the answer what did you understand i also want to know Actually, I have to go back and I have to go back and listen to that again. You know? <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> because, like, I because my understanding of free will was like, uh, you know, one one thing I I guess like what I was trying to ask her was that people who are you know like in all of this, you no know, God comes and tells you like you know Krishna telling Arjuna at the end, what is the point of me telling you all this? Like, there's no point. Like, I am telling you all this. The soul is within you. All the stuff I'm telling you, yeah. talking to about karma and all these things that I'm telling you. what is the point of telling you all this if like if you don't do it in the end you know so that to me in the end no was was something great that god yeah. has which is that even despite all of this like god is still telling him that you still have the choice to choose maybe you still have the choice to decide what you want to do do you want to go like this if you go like this then this will happen if you go like this this will happen so god is like even in that situation god is telling that person you still have the choice to decide what is going to happen which i thought was like you know i don't see that in anything else like i don't see that in in most other like religions for example they don't tell you that you know it's usually god is coming to like send you to hell you know by doing this <laughs> or god is like trying to purge you and you know put you into like purgatory and stuff like that and all that you know all these things are there you know and you don't hear that you don't ever hear that god is actually allowing you to decide what you want to do like god is telling you like it's up to you to decide i've told you what what is the truth i've told you everything it's up to you to decide whether you like it or not do you like it okay if you don't like it fine no issues i'll still if god is still telling you like if you don't like it i will still have love and respect for you despite all of that so that to me in the end no was like wow that's a very good way of ending the geeta you know because there's no other because like i feel like you know you could have ended it by you know the the, the best way to end the geeta would i mean the other way to end the geeta would be like krishna selling arjuna that this is how you do it and then arjuna is like i have no other choice but then 
i have to do this but arjuna does have a choice in the end even after krishna tells him everything he still has the choice krishna is telling him like yeah you have the choice you decide what do you want to do and arjuna chooses that okay i, I will fight i will fight and i will uh, you know i'll have to do it because what he's saying does make sense now so. so yeah so i mean that's what i that's what i that i guess that's the thing that i was asking that's the thing i was asking her about asking yeah okay her. i think this is a very interesting yeah. i think we should have it in another yeah yeah sure 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 all of free will free will yeah i'm also interested to talk more about it because it's not mm. that black and white because there is more things in the mahabharat you read more of the mahabharat ending of the mahabharat we can yeah. have one conversation on the ending of the mahabharat ending of the and mahabharat okay yeah. that uh, and the, about the dog about the dog and them all passing not away not like even before that how duryodhana is killed ah uh, killed that part okay, okay how yeah that part how the Mah- mahabharat ends huh, we should okay. have a talk on that and yeah, then we'll do that because, because it is doesn't go with uh, arjuna just fighting the war or not it is yeah, yeah. the beginning of it it goes on further We should talk so, about Abhar that. Abhar is such a complex thing. You have to read it. I I must also read it. <laughs> so, but I I know it's very complicated. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that's it, it true, is not true. that God has told you at whatever Krishna says I'll take care of everything. Uh, but there is at some point he'll interview. Hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's it. We'll talk so, about it at some point. Yeah. Okay, next yeah, time. Yeah. Sure. So, anyways, thank so you so much, Ramesh. Thank you. Yeah, so it's much a very long one. Please edit it. Please yeah, edit yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And I don't think.